Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters podcast. This is episode 55. You got Chris and Brian. Uh, we bring you another edition of Tales from Behind the Gun Counter. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about some different topics, uh, starting with the security of our supply chain. Uh, we do a lot. We put in a lot of effort to buy direct, either directly from manufacturers or from very reputable distributors that are getting their gear directly from manufacturers. Uh, so that when you buy it from us, you can be assured that you are getting the real deal. Um, this is especially important with things like optics, uh, tourniquets, other med gear, um, flashlights, and a lot of the accessories and builder parts and things too for AR-15s. Uh, we've seen recently you know, no, a number of customers bringing in um, counterfeited tourniquets that they purchased online. Yep. Uh, we had one customer bring in a Holosun optic that was not a Holosun optic that he had purchased online. Uh, so places like Amazon do not do a good job policing, you know, who who advertises as being what they are. And there's a lot of um, Chineseium and other knockoffs that are floating around on there. So yeah, you know, we we. You know, we obviously, as a local business that is a brick and mortar, um, that is an offline only business. You know, we are obviously going to, we're going to, we're going to, you know, preach buy local all we can. Uh, but this is actually kind of another reason to look at buying local. Um, you know, another part of this too, guys, is a, a lot of the stuff that we do. As Brian mentioned, we do we we source stuff from reputable manufacturers, reputable distributors. Um, but we also source stuff direct from the manufacturer in a lot of cases, too. Uh, we have a lot of gear in the shop that comes directly from Volan Gearworks, that comes directly from Boedemann, uh, Boedemann Blades, etc. Uh, um, yeah, you know, high-speed gear. We go direct to high-speed gear, so we know we're not getting um, stuff stitched in, you know, Vietnam or someplace like that that's going to fall apart on you. Um, you know, same thing with med gear. We go directly to the source for, for, for the med gear that we sell. Um, and, and that's sometimes at a cost to us because it falls outside of that, um, from a best business practice, the more I can buy from a distributor, the more money I'm going to make. So I'm not making the same amount of money on some of that gear because I've got shipping costs involved in it. I'm not buying it with a distributor's buying power, etc. but it's the only way I can get the quality of gear that we want to move. Um, so another part of that supply, you know, that supply chain security is, is also understanding if you support local businesses, those local businesses support the people that make the stuff too. And, and right now, you know, those guys, they're out there trying to innovate. They're doing R and D in a lot of cases, the little guy is coming up with the ideas and then the big guy's ripping it right off of them. Um, and, and that's frustrating too. So, you know, any, you know, when you, you know, we, we talk about buying local and we talk about, you know, save the planet and this kind of hippie stuff. Um, but it's actually a real thing even for us too. Um, you know, so we're going to throw that out there just as if you want to make sure you're getting good quality stuff, um, you know, we're, we're working just as hard or maybe even a little bit harder than you are to make sure that you're getting good quality stuff. Um, so, you know, support that for sure. So, um, the the next that's just a quick blurb i don't know if you have anything else you want to add to that yeah in addition you know we're able to work with a number of as we would call that like the central ohio tactical makers guild yeah um so guys like weedemann blades um sidearm solutions doing holsters um Volt gearworks with uh tactical belts 
and then um, Top Shot Ammo too. That's remanufactured here locally. Yeah. Uh oh, he's gonna sneeze. I'm gonna sneeze. Hold on tight. <gasps> All right. Cool. We got that out of the way. These usually come in threes, so hold on tight, guys. Um, so you know, yeah, we and, and we talk about the you know, that same guild pushes over into some of the training conversations too. The people that we recommend for training locally and in Ohio. Um, the places that we recommend that you get, you know, work done on, on guns and stuff like that. You know, the guys at Cutter Machine, um, Kevin Wardle uh, at, at Custom Ordnance Gunsmithing. You know, we want to keep this stuff in the family because we have a tribe here locally of people doing really, really good work um, in a lot of industries that unfortunately are, are being overtaken by online stuff. Um, and, and so these are all places where you can go and talk to the person face to face. You can go... Um, you know, get work done by somebody that you actually have met and spoken with and you can see their products both in their shop. You can see all the work's done and stuff like that too. Um, to me, that's very valuable. And I think to most of our customer base, it is too. So I know that, you know, a little bit, we're preaching to the choir on this, but as you talk to your friends that are getting into this, um, or your family, you know, folks that are getting into guns or looking more at personal defense or those types of topics, you know, if you could, if you could be an evangelist, um, of, of working with folks here locally it, it helps us all from a perspective of being able to kind of taste test stuff and put your hands on stuff before you buy it. Um, and, and we want to keep that moving forward. I, I don't want to go as far as artisan, but some of this is artisan kind of stuff. So there's a lot yeah. of love put into it and a lot of heart put into it. We want to back that. So, so yeah. Um, topic number two for the day from behind the gun counter. Um, we saw a uh, kind of a surge after the first of the year for kids going back to college and stuff like that in non-lethal stuff. Um, one of the things that we ran into with non-lethal stuff, wow, um, is uh, pepper spray. So with folks going back to school, kids, you know, college kids going back to school, etc. Uh, we saw, we, we always see a bump in, in pepper spray, noisemakers, uh, door alarm, door security devices and stuff like that. Um, but what we ran into here locally as well is we had a couple different instances where somebody locally, not a college kid, um, somebody got them pepper spray and they actually had to use it. Uh, we had one of our customers uh, was was hiking here in the Hilliard area and actually had a, a dog, um, not a coyote, but somebody's dog that was loose come after her and the pepper spray, uh, she's 99% sure kept her from getting bit by um, something that she thinks weighed at least 80 pounds, um, and was unhappy that she was there. And she was walking in a public area on a public trail when this happened. So she pepper sprayed the, the beast and it, and it ran off. Um, you know, we, so we talk about having some of these tools with you for, in, in our mindset as gun guides, it's almost like, oh, well, if you won't carry a gun, then carry pepper spray. You know, if you won't carry a gun, then carry, you know, one of the Fox noisemakers or something like that. Um, but, you know, we also want you to take a step back from that and, and consider, guys, that if you carry a gun and a knife and you think as think of the knife as a de-escalation from the gun, legally, that's false. Um, that's that's the opposite. The knife is just as deadly and is considered deadly force. Um, it, you know, if you carry some of these secondary items like um, cat claws or whatever they're called, the little impact devices you put on your keychains and stuff like that, um, some of those devices are considered non-lethal or less lethal. Um, pepper spray is a non-lethal period, um, you know, but a, a, a pocket knife is absolutely a lethal tool. So if you're thinking that's your step down, um, and you want to be able to present the mentality of having planned along the force continuum to respond to a threat, 
um, you probably want to think about adding a small thing of pepper spray, you know, to to your kit, to what you carry on you or what you have nearby on a regular basis. Never mind the fact that it's really handy for stuff that doesn't actually need killed. Um, you know, so uh, you know, I, I carry a gun almost all the time, um, and when I go hiking. Uh, I always carry pepper spray readily available too, just in case there's an individual or a critter that needs doused but not shot. Um, so, you know, planting some of this stuff into that continuum of available responses to you. And then also bearing in mind that, you know, you want to make sure that you um, have actually trained with it as well. Um, if you have a, a pepper spray container in your car that's been there for like, I don't know, longer than your oldest child is alive. Um, then you probably want to throw it away and replace it with something. Um, and then maybe you want to take that device out and see in a safe environment, not near your neighbor's kid's birthday party or anything like that. Um, you know, you want to spray it in a downwind or crosswind manner and, and see what that spray actually looks like. And if that was intended for, you know, you, then you'll know what's going on. If it was out of your wife's car, then, you know, have her do it so she can see what's going on. Um, if it's, you know, your daughter or your son, you're a teenage daughter or son's car, somebody who's old enough and, and wise enough to make good decisions with something like that, have them actually spray that stuff and see, A, if it works, and then B, how it sprays, what it looks like, especially if it's windy or whatever, so they have an idea of how it works. Um, the other thing I'll throw out there, most of us will go to the range and not think twice about blowing through $50 worth of ammo or more um, in, in a range trip, never mind rental fees, etc. A canister of pepper spray runs somewhere between 10 and 20 bucks. It is really, really cheap to buy a canister of pepper spray to train with it or to buy one of the Sabre Defense kits that comes with an inert training module that sprays water just like it sprays the real deal. Um, you know, so, you know, pick up an extra one of those device and, and if it's for a loved one who's, you know, or for you, have them practice with it and train with it, but understand that the non-lethals or less lethals really fill in an interesting gap, but you still got to know how to use them and when to use them and training and application is going to rely on what kind of training you've done. So, um, you know, we carry the Sabre defense kits here that have that in that have the training water inert in them. Uh, pick one of those up and have some fun with it and see what it does. Um, if you're running the bigger canister of Fox or something like that, pick up one of those and see how it sprays too. Um, the cop size canisters have a little more oomph, a little more reach than the little ones tend to. Um, and then also understand, is your stuff spraying out in a, is it a gel, is it a stream, or is it a fog? And understand what that does too. Um, but, you know, definitely take the opportunity to pick some of that stuff up and train with it and see how it works for you. Um, and, and again, if it's more than, if, it, if it's in your car on a regular basis and it's more than a year old, replace it. Um, if it's on your person or in a purse or something like that, um, then, you know, maybe every two years or so, replace that stuff so that you know for sure it's going to work. Um, along with that, noisemakers, um, the, the, the noisemaking devices that you hook onto a keychain or hook onto a backpack and you pull off, it pulls a pin out and lets that thing make 110 decibels or 100 decibels of sound. Um, those have batteries in them. Um, those also are not watertight. So if they've been rained on a couple times with your kid walking across campus going from one class to the next and they get doused, um, you know, that's kind of like your smoke detectors. You should probably test drive those a couple times a year, see if it needs the batteries replaced or if you just need to buy a new one and get hooked up with a new one. So, um, you know, kind of falling a little bit into that PM in your stuff, but also a little bit into mentality of training around those tools as well. And, 
you know, like I said, it's just something that's popped up a couple times already this year where folks have had to use it. Um, and understanding how they work and that they work is a, is a good comfort. Yeah, adding to that, you know, having a good flashlight with you. Yep. Um, bad things that happen tend to happen in low light situations. So being able to find a threat or identify a threat um, at a distance before it really becomes a threat um, is important. And, yeah. yeah. You know, light tends to make people think twice about what they're doing, especially Absolutely. when you're putting you know, upwards of a thousand lumens right in their eye sockets. Yeah, and it also will turn animals in certain cases too. It's not something I would rely on, but it is nice to have that. Uh, and, and also most of the flashlights are good impact devices. Um, you know, I think generally thought of as less than lethal, if, if not non-lethal. Um, and most of them have, you know, really edgy front ends on them nowadays. And, and you, you know, we joke about them as being DNA collectors, um, but making a bad guy bleed or, or whacking a determined animal over the melon with a chunk of metal, you know, is, is probably way better than trying to beat it with your fists. So, yeah. you know, it's again, gives you something along that force continuum that you can utilize. So, um, yeah. So, you know, like I said, it's, it, we talked about PM, PM your gear and different things like that. Um, the non-lethal stuff falls into that. So, uh, you know, definitely get, give that a shot. So. Um, you guys will notice that we didn't talk about tasers. Uh, a quick note about tasers. In general, tasers are a, a two-person device per most law enforcement SOP, unless it's an extremis. Um, the, the taser is something that's generally bigger and bulkier than a lot of the guns that you would normally carry. Um, it, it is not anywhere near 100% effective, and it is generally used with lethal backup by law enforcement when it's deployed with law enforcement in a deadly force type encounter. Um, as, and so with a lot of those things in mind, we don't carry the taser products, not a big fan of the taser products um, without proper training. If you're LEO and you've got proper training and, and your team there to back you up, then it's a great tool. Um, but otherwise, not so much. Uh, we just had, I guess here in Ohio, a state trooper attacked by a coyote during a stop. Um, and they, I, they tried to tase the beast, um, and I guess due to probably the amount of fur, um, it was ineffective. And in the wintertime, you run into the same thing with humans wearing coats and extra layers and stuff like that. Um, so that is why that's not on our list of suggested options or something that we sell. Um, not anti-taser, just it, it's a different level than what we want to get into. So, um, so the unless you have anything to add? No, let's, let's cool. drive on. Cool. Third and final topic, uh, winter prep. Uh, if you follow our newsletter, uh, Brian wrote a really good piece, you know, talking about, you know, three gunners and shooters in general, um, especially serious shooters, uh, USPSA guys and stuff like that. They spend the winter prepping, whether that's loading ammo, uh, whether that's doing dry fire training or all the above, different things like that, PMing their gear and going through. Um, you know, there's, this is a, a time of year when you can also, as a concealed carry guy, um, or, or whatever modality of shooting you can do, um, you know, you can get out there and PM your stuff, um, specifically with regards to concealed carry. Um, if you use a holster that has screws or Chicago screws or other fasteners in it, um, check them, see if they're tight, see if the Loctite's broken loose on you, maybe even break the Loctite loose, re-Loctite them, clean the threads up and put them back together. Um, you know, take that long weekend, um, you know, and, and PM your gear for the concealed carry guy hit those screws and make sure nothing's loose. Make sure that you can put some Loctite on and go on. Uh, we recently had a um, incredibly well-used sidearm solutions holster come in. 
Um, and gentlemen, I've been wearing every day for three plus years, and finally one of the screws fell out. Uh, looked, you know, looked at it. The other screw, Loctite, was still good. Um, so, you know, occasionally those things do give up on you. Um, and, and so, you know, just an opportunity to take that this downtime and PM your concealed Gary gear as well as your competition gear. Um, um, to add to that Loctite yeah. note, that's, that goes for you know, screws holding clips for knife, pocket knives. Yes. Um, yes. Those need inspected and yeah. probably re-Loctited. Yeah. Um, same with any kind of mag carriers, um, knife scabbards. Yep. Yeah. Anything with screws in general should have at least blue lock. Anything with threads should have at least blue Loctite on it, unless the manufacturer's instructions explicitly state not to use it. Um, and then they're probably wrong. Yeah, I mean, you know, so the, you know, I, I would agree with that. Um, so yeah, anything with screws, you know, Loctite, but just just go through and PM your stuff. The other thing you're looking for too um, on Kydex or plastic holsters, uh, to take a look at any point where the holster flexes. Um, or where there's a corner on a holster, and look for any stress risers. Look for any small cracks starting and stuff like that. Catch that stuff early. Uh, well-designed holsters, well-finished holsters, you don't run into that terribly often. Um, but everything has a service life, and again, most of the manufacturers definitely back their stuff up. So, so take a look at that. Um, you know, but PM your stuff. So uh, one of the other things we ran into along the lines of PM in your stuff, a lot of our long-range shooters are doing some wintertime uh, 22 LR precision rimfire stuff and guys are in picking up data books and stuff like that. Um, you know, when the weather breaks in the spring and you're out to the range to do your first shooting session, make sure that you've got data collection devices like your right in the rain notebooks and, and pens and stuff like that in your gear. It's one of those things that is often overlooked. Um, had a couple guys come in and not quite wipe us out of right in the rain stuff, but definitely come in and put a dent in it. Um, because they realized, hey, you know, I, I want to make sure I've got data books for everything and I've got a couple new guns or a couple new optics. And so, you know, definitely stop in and take a look at the selection of stuff there. Um, along with that, uh, storage devices for those. Um, those right in the rain tablets and stuff can get chewed up a little bit in a range bag or in a gun bag. Uh, the Magpul DACA pouches do a, an exceptional job of giving you an opportunity to maybe keep some of your data visible through the clear window but also keep it protected, uh, relatively dry, and, and maybe not beat the snot in your case. Uh, so take a look at that stuff. Um, more PM stuff, review your med gear. Um, you know, we do a checklist for a family med kit in here. Uh, one of the things it has on it is a, a, a line on it where you can put date last inspected. Um, go through your med gear. Make sure stuff's not expired. Make sure stuff's in good working order. If you've used it, and you didn't think to replace it because it was, you know, during a high stress time, um, you know, go through your gear and make sure everything you think is in that med kit is actually in there, isn't expired, etc. Um, this is true of both truly life-saving things like tourniquets, um, chest seals, uh, you know, anything along those lines. Hemostatic gauze. Yeah, gauze and stuff like hemostatic gauze. Um, all those different kind of things. Make sure that the seals are good on them. But then beyond that, if you got a boo-boo kit because you're running around with kids and stuff like that, um, we found recently a, a tube of bacitracin, a triple antibiotic or bacitracin that was literally six years expired in a drawer. Um, the efficacy of that stuff, uh, my understanding is that it, it has a half-life. And yeah. my understanding is, is that we were basically probably putting just Vaseline on wounds with no effective antibiotic uh, <laughs> content. So, uh, you know, go, go through and take a look at your stuff, whether it's in a... Uh, you know, whether it's in an IFAC kit or whether it's in that drawer in the kitchen where you keep boo-boo stuff for kids, um, you know, review it, take a look at that. If you have a med kit, 
um, you know, put a card in it with a date that it was last inspected or stop in and grab one of our checklist uh, cards and put one of those in there with the date on it and, and press on. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that from a PM standpoint, specifically around Medgear. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. It seems like there's something else. Yeah, take the opportunity, too, to train with it. And if you've got expired Obviously, gear, yeah, yeah. you know, that, that gives you a really good opportunity to actually open the stuff up, you know, test it out, mm -hmm. see how it's going to work. Um, get familiar with using it um, yep. because when you really need it, it's not the time to figure out how to use it. Absolutely. And if you have multiples of something to add to that, um, if you have multiples of something that's expired, leave one in the package for a training day so you can practice opening that package with one hand or, ac or, or accessing that package injured or whatever. Um, uh, some of this stuff, the way it's packaged, it's designed so that you can open it in extremis and bad situations, but it doesn't mean it's easy when you're down to one hand or it's sweaty, bloody, muddy. Um, I forget what the concoction is that they use for, to simulate blood, but it's like Kero syrup and, and chocolate sauce. And yeah. Or yeah. A bit yeah. Of ketchup and yeah. Something like that mixed together, yeah. um, that makes it slippery and sticky at the same time. Um, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to have that training day, I have a big bag of, of basically, and if, if anything Medgear wise hits its expiration date or the packaging just looks janky. Um, or something that was supposed to be hermetically sealed is leaked and is now ballooned up and it and isn't you know airtight. I, I throw it in the big bag of training crap, um, but you know it, there's an opportunity there. Utilize it because you paid for it, even if you paid for it you know years ago. So, uh, but yeah, good ex excellent point to add on there. Thank you. Um, the last thing is going to be PT. Um, it's winter time. Everybody makes New Year's resolutions, or not everybody, but a lot of folks make New Year's resolutions. Um, you know, you got past the holidays. If you didn't put on 15 pounds over the holidays, good on you. Um, if you lost weight, come see us. I found it. Um, I'll give it back to you. Um, but there's a certain reality check to rather than maybe doing a New Year's resolution to join the gym, maybe do a, a commitment to yourself that you're going to make some lifestyle changes in the kitchen and in the gym. Um, but, you know, pick things up and move them around and set them down that are heavy. Um, if you're new to it, don't go crazy with too heavy. Just a little heavy will do. Um, but get out, move around, go for hikes, go for walks. Uh, right now we're sitting here looking outside and it's raining cats and mules and it's about 33 degrees and it's raining on top of ice. Um, I promise you if you went for a hike on a day like today, you will see things that you won't see on an 80 degree uh, May or June day with the sun out. Um, you know, get out and take advantage of the winter to see different things. And also test your gear while you're doing PT too. Go for yeah. a rut, go for a hike. Test that new small backpack out. Test those new rain pants out. Um, test that new raincoat out. Maybe that new holster, you know, underneath everything. Gosh, can you still get to it? Uh, but use the PT, A, to get you in shape and, and make you more dangerous, but also B, to test your gear out too. Uh, PT does not have to be, um, you know, in a gym specifically or in a fixed location. It can be out and about. Either one's really good. Yeah, and honestly, you know, if you're – your company is forcing you to go after you know all of the steps. Yeah. Um, adding a backpack with a little bit of weight to it um, yeah. gives you a lot more valuable in chasing those steps. Um, we're talking you know, anywhere from ten to thirty pounds, you know, in a rucksack. Um, doesn't have to be so much that you're going to beat yourself up. Yeah. But you will get a lot more valuable or a lot more value. Yeah. Out of you know doing that that walking um, with a little bit of weight on your back. And if you find yourself able to carry, you know, 20 or 30% of your body weight, you'll be more valuable as well. 
Yeah. So, you know, 40 and slip, right? We'll go with that. Um, but yeah, you know, get, get out and do something. It doesn't have to be, you know, joining the gym. It can be putting on a small pack with, you know, a little bit of weight in it and just going for a multi-mile walk at a good clip. Um, or it can be going in and pounding steel and, and doing that kind of stuff too. Um, you know, whatever works for you. Um, and then one last time along with PT, um, you know, we, we kind of joke around because I don't have a six pack. Um, I probably am pushing more like a 12 pack or a case. Um, so you go with keg. yeah, maybe a keg, you know, pony keg, go easy on me. Um, you know, but you know, the, 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 the flat belly, the six pack abs that are made in the kitchen, not in the gym. Um, you know, so if you're looking at, you know, some lifestyle changes, you know, get sugar is a poison. Um, and, and carbs, you know, need to be in limited quantity and then everything else enjoy. So, uh, yeah, guys. So just some, just some things to think about as it's dull and dreary over the winter, um, that are things you can be doing rather than Netflix or watching, you know, the seventh episode of Mandalorian three different times because you want to see baby Yoda get punched. So cool. Or was that the eighth episode? I didn't realize baby Yoda got punched. Yeah. Yeah. He bit somebody. Sorry. Spoiler. Spoiler. Oh, Supposed to do spoiler alerts first. Never mind. Oops. My bad. <laughs> On that note, uh, stop in and see us. We're in Hilliard, Ohio, uh, 4465 Cemetery Road. Um, you can find us on social media as long as they let us stick around. We're at Cap City Outfitters on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and then visit us on the web, capcityoutfitters.com. Thanks much, guys. We'll see you soon. Bye.